0: Hello, Movers, Shakers, and Visionary Makers, you've come here to listen and feel how to build better, resilient, resourceful, adaptable, interconnected, and loving communities. I'm your host, Sky Sheridan, and when it comes to finding solutions, the sky is the limit.
1: I'm Rachel, your co-host and resident pod priestess. I'm here to hear humanity, raise the collective consciousness, and help our listeners find their spark.
0: And you're listening to Under One Sky. This episode is made possible by our sponsor, Panarchy.io the world's first network design lab, because networks are our nature. And today's luminary guest is mother, meditation maven, and model, not just in beauty, but in her way of being, Jackie Stewart. Today's episode is called Look Within and Know Thyself. And it's in the evolving consciousness section online. You can check that also on our website. And Rachel, why don't you tell us more about the topics that we're discussing?
1: Yeah, we love talking about evolving consciousness, both collectively and on an individual level. But we also like to discuss energy renaissance, emerging economics, sustainable design, disruptive innovation and elevating narratives. But everybody's welcome to discuss them with us on our Discord community and by checking out our website underonesky.life
0: and if you like this show why not support us by buying us a cup of coffee you can do that online also where rachel just mentioned we're checking out our merchandise also online and you can find stickers totes t-shirts mugs with all our slogans and now without further ado let's welcome our illuminary guest today jackie stewart hey jackie How's it going? Hey,
2: Sky. I'm, uh, it's going good. How are yeah, you?
0: Doing really well. This is um, season two, episode one. So we're charging in with meditation and mindfulness. So Rachel, would you like to open up our, our season with a, a lovely space, creating beautiful space for us and all the listeners out there?
1: Absolutely. So Jackie, this was actually something that was written with you in mind. In, out, one. In, out, two. allow everything to fade away, but you, the beat of your heart, the rush through your veins. So breathing is the only thought that remains. Go a bit deeper, let go of fear, listen to what your soul needs to hear. As ego fades and truth comes to light, you understand you aren't meant to fight. Abundance is here, ready and waiting. Simply let those walls start breaking. Everything you need, despite what you're told, isn't something to be controlled. Take one more breath. Trust your gift from above. Then move through the world with all of that love.
2: Yes. Oh, my (laughs) God. Did you create that today? This morning. I'm telling you, she's channeling. It's crazy. (laughs) That was so beautiful. Thank
1: you.
0: I'm just going to let everybody know a little bit about you right now. So you're a meditation teacher and a mindfulness advisor based in New York City. You can be found teaching meditation and mentoring teacher trainees at MNDFL, online with Allo Moves, which we both love and are obsessed with. I think we're all go to Allo Moves and find Jackie right now. Um, And your smart device through Journey Live app. You're also a faculty member of Dharma Moon's year-long Buddhist studies program. You've got an MA from NYU's School of Culture, Education, and Human Development. And you've taught for companies like Microsoft, Reebok, Live Nation, Ralph Lauren, and so many others. So Jackie, uh, once again, thank you so much for making space.
1: I could go a bunch of different ways with this, but I just want to know it, what you feel is your superpower. I truly believe that mindfulness is
2: a superpower. I I think that it is something that every every single one of us has, right? And the moment that we can understand it, tap into it, utilize it, we, we are all walking around with this superpower in our backpack that we don't even realize is there. And it's so transformative. It can transform a, a, an entire situation that you're in. It can transform the way that you you know, walk into a situation or come out of it. I think it's, I think it's incredible.
0: Okay. And so when you're not like busy, you know, raising kids and being a loving partner and, you know, joining your community and like uplifting and elevating their minds, what is your hobby or like creative outlet? Like what just gets you going?
2: I like dancing. I don't know if that's a hobby, but it's it's just, for me, it's it's an expression. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, it's a release it's an expression it's um, it's so there's something so playful and joyful about it it's you know like immediately mood shifting and I used to dance all the time in my 20s and maybe early 30s and I feel like now it's just something that doesn't happen in the same way you know like I, it doesn't happen as regularly as it used to and I miss that so mm. so you know to kind of like wrap that up because you're saying you know busy mom life everything going on we do try to have dance parties in our apartment now with <laughs> with uh well the nine month old isn't quite there yet but you know with my <laughs> older one phoenix we're we're doing a lot of um encanto dance
1: parties Ooh, right now
2: that's so fun. Yeah. do you talk
1: about bruno or not so much about Bruno. I think it's important (laughs) to talk about about Bruno. (laughs) We've gotta be able to talk about
2: everything, right? Everything, (laughs) everybody.
1: You wanna hear something so completely wild right now, by Mm. the way, because we do dance parties here too, but that your son is named after a mythical creature and the son that Sky knows best of mine is also named after a mythical creature.
0: He's my alien twin.
1: what his name is
2: griffin griffin and phoenix so griffin is a name that we we thought about for our second and then i was just like is that too <laughs> is that just like too obvious so too our mythical? second is actually named after another mythological creature that is a little less known um the kirin
0: we're going to launch a, a little take a little break here to listen to some alan watts Um, This is a talk, we'll set up uh, things about existence and existing, and I thought that was kind of a really good topic to kind of get us all into this Know thyself, go within, mindfulness, awareness, all the topics we're going to be bringing up here later. So, let me just get into that real quick.
3: If you see, on the other hand, that existence, this is, as I said, my basic metaphysical assumption, which I won't conceal from you, that existence is musical in nature. That is to say that it is not serious. It is the play of all kinds of patterns we can look upon different creatures as we look at different games as we look at chess checkers backgammon tennis there's the tree game the beetle game the grass game or you can look at them as you look at different styles of music mazurkas waltzes um sonata etc etc all down the line there are all these different things doing their stuff and we're doing that Now existence, you see, is something that is spontaneous. The Chinese word for nature, zi ran, uh means that which happens of itself. Your hair grows by itself. Your heart beats by itself. You breathe pretty much by itself. Your glands secrete their essences by themselves. You don't have voluntary control over these things. So we say it happens spontaneously. So when you go to sleep and you try to go to sleep, you interfere with the spontaneous process of going to sleep.
0: What I love about this whole thing is, you know, for me, this is a little bit what meditation is about because I've practiced meditation so much in my life and I think I got to a place where then I also felt like, well, meditation can also be like getting in the zone. You know, it can be ecstatic dancing. It can be whirling dervishes. It can be walking through the forest. It can be playing basketball or something that takes so much concentration that you sometimes basketball players will say like i left my body you know they just let the gift flow through them i think somehow Mm -hmm. we'll we'll learn from you what uh what that's all about
1: it's actually of course more kismet more (laughs) more synchronicities Surprise. surprise surprise um and you know, with with Jackie and I speaking Mandarin, especially too. So Alan actually talked about you know the Chinese word for natural or ziran, and almost to the antithesis of that, you know, we're we always curious to know what if there's a point in your life that you can pick out um, from your timeline that you had to call pull dig deep, um, you know, like a moment that maybe you consider a low or a vulnerable moment that you had to dig deep, call on your superpower and turn that from a struggling moment into a strength. So we'll rewind, I don't
2: know, about 10 years ago, (laughs) Um, living here in New York City. At the time I was modeling, I was acting. um, I was dating my now husband. I think we were actually engaged and I was at a point where I had called off our engagement. You know, work as far as uh my career went was actually going pretty well. I had just finished uh filming a pilot at the time, and I think in the world of acting that's like a pretty awesome gig to get, you know, if you book a pilot and and you film it. Oh, and I had just bought my apartment, my studio in the city. And so it seemed like on this very kind of external surface level like things were going seemingly well but with all these things going on you know my relationship included um there was something that was not sitting well with me underneath there was something that felt so misaligned with the fact that these external things seem to be adding up right like I I feel like I've been told my whole life that if I go to school and get the grade, then I'll be happy, right? If I go to college, then I will have made it, right? And then now that I have this career, once you book this kind of a job or you get the pilot or you buy the apartment or you achieve whatever accomplishment you're after, then you'll be happy. And so it it just been this reflection of like checking off all of these boxes that suddenly revealed themselves to be so insignificant in many ways. In in some ways, of course. In the in this world, they they mean something, but in a way, like in this sort of existential question of like, why am I not feeling fulfilled by this? Or why am I not actually happy in this um deeper way? And so with the recommendation of one of my dear deep kind of soul brothers that I have in my life a uh, good friend that I met in college so he he and I were talking and he just said you know Jackie and my travels one place that really opened a lot up for me and and has a very special place in my heart is this monastery in Nepal and so i think my you know my natural response at the time was like oh that's a really great idea and yeah you know like i'll find the time at some point to go and do that and i just love his kind of push he just said you're never going to find time to go to nepal you just need to book a ticket and go and i had looked into this monastery they happened to have a program going in like three weeks from that point and so i just bought a ticket and went and it was so like utterly transformative for me to be there you know aside from being out of my routine and all the comforts that draw me into the various distractions and habitual tendencies that I was living in here, it was just a way for me to get shaken out of all of that. But then, you know, having teachings from Buddhist teachings from these nuns every day and, you know, a part of the day, I think it was from uh, 2 p.m. to maybe like 10 a.m. the next day, something like that, um, we're sitting with ourselves in silence. So it's also just kind of being confronted by all of the things that come up in our own mind when we can't just maybe unconsciously release all of our words yeah. and all the things that are going on over here. That there's a, a kind of holding of those or like a different way of being with it. And it was so um, it was startling, it was uh uncomfortable, you know, to sit and just think about and contemplate not just my struggles and all the ways that I was pointing my finger at the circumstances in my life, but the fact that for the most part, every single one of us struggles in some way or another with these conditions, you know, whatever the conditions are different for each of us, but that we all have this kind of, um, you know, this journey that we might find ourselves on that's full of challenge. And so there was something so beautiful about just being put in touch with the universality of our humanity that I just wept. I just walked outside after this particular meditation and stared out at these Nepalese mountains and it felt like my heart was cracked open in a way where it was just welling up and had nowhere to go except for out of my eyes you know it was just like pouring out of me and it, there was something so beautiful about seeing that shift and you know i i feel like this is very um commonly talked about particularly in the buddhist tradition that if you want to find happiness think of others you know that that's that's where we find
1: our real kind of deep connection. You almost went through this process of realizing how cacophonous real life is, that even if you think you're not busy in any particular moment, that it's so distracting and loud that you can't hear yourself until you're in a place or a position where you're almost forced to hear yourself. Um, so for our listeners, you know, we want to get into meditation as, as a topic, but you know, you, you sat for hours and hours in these Nepalese mountain, uh, mountain ranges, but can you share like, what is meditation and how does it work?
2: So in Tibetan, the word gom is used for meditation and the way that it's translated is familiarization. And for me, I find that to be one of the best ways of describing what the process or experience of meditation is like. So what we're familiarizing ourselves with are a couple of things. So one is the tendency of our mind, right? So what I mentioned, what happened at the retreat was all of these thoughts sort of revealed themselves, right? Even you mentioned the, the cacophony that can happen out in the world. This was the cacophony of my own inner world, my mind, which was so loud. So partly what we're doing is just starting to see some of our tendencies. A lot of times when we have, let's say, the instruction to bring our attention to our breath, let's say, or even use you know, the exercise of breath work. What we're doing is not trying to get better at noticing our breath, necessarily. We're not trying to get better at breathing, as Ellen Watts mentioned. We do that naturally very well. What we're doing is we're just giving our mind a little assignment. It's like, hey, mind that can be so busy and excited about all the dazzling things happen in the world. Here's one little thing that I'm going to ask you to pay attention to. And the reason that we do that is because... A, I think that the mind is kind of satisfied by being given a job. It's like, oh, great, I can do that. I can, it's a very concrete instruction. I can focus on my breath for a short period of time at first, right? But the point is, is that as we continue to do that again and again, we're allowing that sort of focused ability of the mind to bring us into a more settled state, right? So our nervous system can start to relax a little bit as we breathe and then breathing naturally is something that is very soothing to the body. So I preface it with that right so when we focus on the breath it's really to bring ourselves into a kind of clearer calmer state where we can actually be able to acknowledge some of these tendencies that i mentioned so that we can actually notice like wow my mind is uh you know really wrapped up in this particular thing or that particular thing. And at the end of the day, those things are not so important. But what we're seeing is the way that our mind attaches itself to these things and probably attaches it with a lot of judgment or a lot of expectation, right? So we're just starting to see like, wow, I really had hoped that that conversation went differently and it didn't. And then maybe what's happening now in my mind is the regret or that loop of playing that tape over and over again about how I had wished it had gone. So we're just getting some insight here like oh my gosh this is what my mind is doing whether or not i'm paying attention to it right but now i'm i'm actually practicing noticing that and and sort of being aware of the activity that's happening here so on the one hand we're just start, we're we're familiarizing ourselves just getting to know that part of our mind that part of our experience What we're also familiarizing ourselves with and getting to know are some of our capacities that are completely innate to us, that everybody has, you know, things that are universal to us as humans, things like basic goodness. So if I can come to know my fundamental basic wholeness, goodness, the fact that there is an okayness over here that's what i'm also familiarizing myself with i'm also familiarizing myself with that with the fact that um that so of qualities like love and compassion are also innate to me that these aren't things that i have to look outside to get i don't have to buy something or you know go travel to any particular place to discover this that this is actually alive for me in every single thing that i do throughout the day you know even my my teacher has a, an incredible way of describing this he says you know when you sit in a chair and you are in a moment of discomfort the fact that you would shift in your chair and just try to find a more comfortable position is compassion it is like this natural compassion like may i suffer less you know, That's let me a find moment. a more comfortable way to sit. So it's not like there are these elusive qualities that are so far away from us. It's in every single thing we do. And we take a sip of water. We're offering love to ourselves without even realizing that. But what's beautiful is once we can start to see it that way, it's like every time I reach for water, every time I feed myself is actually an act of love. It's such a beautiful way to to attend to potentially all the things that we do in our life
0: i think about meditation as um sometimes like surrendering i mean there's so much, like you mentioned before there is the there's the strict meditation right like i was i was in the shivananda way and did the the pujas and all that um, and you know you have to sit as long as the guru makes you sit you know at 5:30 <laughs> in the morning and sometimes it's 20 minutes and sometimes they'll surprise you with a hour and a half session where you're like Ouch! I can't do this. I have to surrender. It feels like, um, you know, torture, kind of. And so there's, you know, various ways of of doing meditation. But I think, I guess, maybe you can talk about this a second because, like, when you go to this really still place, I find that there is a returning. Like, I return to the whole part of oneself. You know, because in my meditation practice, that's kind of what's happened. I feel like I expand right? Mm. Like I let go of this five sensory container and I go to a place where I'm like, wow, there's a lot, I feel other souls here. I feel there's, you know, a lot more going on inside this, like what from the religious background, you have the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. The kingdom of heaven is inside of you, you know, look within and know thyself was a Christ consciousness teaching. Um, and it was like, then you'll do better things than I will, you know, it was like pointing always go inside to that kingdom. And I really do feel like there's a kingdom where we all reside in some higher dimension or inner dimension that a lot of that love and compassion you're talking about is what I felt in that space. And, um, you know, Rachel, I know you uh, have had your own Kale eating experience with <laughs> meditation, which is why I love. I mean, like that's why I love Alan Watts because it's like you don't do it. You know, it's something you. I feel like you just does. I was,
1: <laughs> I was, <laughs> Jackie, to loop you in. I was telling Sky the other day um, because I do have. Such a history with meditation. When I was really young and and meditating, I would see lights and things like that. And so it was really special. And then I got older and got away from it, got distracted by life. And then I told them I said, when I started trying to get back into it, it's kind of like how people treat kale. Like, you know, it's good for you. You should do it, but like you don't do it every day. Like you just can't sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but <laughs> and, and therein is the shame too you know you, you can't shame yourself and it's not, it's not a pavlovian response i don't think. right you know you you really want to do it because you really want to do it not because you yeah feel it's going to yeah. have some result or some award is coming from it or you'll have some punishment if you don't do it you know
1: yeah but i think it's back to what jackie was saying too it's like how you understand it and how you frame it in your mind changes you know, is this something that I have to do? Like, do I have to chew on this stalk of kale right now? Or do I want to because I want to give my body, you know, this nutrient? You know, they're two very different approaches to things. You know, if we're going to work out, is it because I hate my body? Or is it because I
2: love my body? And this is actually something that I want to do to strengthen it to make sure that I'm continue to be healthy and am capable of doing all the things in my life that you know, require this body to be able to do those things. Going back to what I was saying earlier, when we do things for others, it can just open things up and, and have them blossom in such a different way. You know, to have the understanding that my meditation practice is not just for my benefit, that everybody that I will interact with today will also benefit from me having done my meditation practice. And so a lot of times I'll, you know, when I, Teach a class or I'll do a corporate, I'll use this really kind of goofy example, and I'll just say, you know, it's like dental hygiene, right? Like we we commit to brushing our teeth every day because we benefit from it, but so does everybody else. We're not just walking out, kind of breathing on everybody without realizing, you know, what we're bringing to the table. And it's an, it's the same way. It's like this is a kind of mental and emotional hygiene that we are taking care of our end of it but also so we don't walk out onto the street and just dump our you know our anger on someone else without having it completely in check like we should know these things about ourselves so that we are a little bit more prepared to also take care of the other people that we're coexisting with in this world in meditation
1: um uh, commonly the dedication will be for the benefit of all beings i grew up in the mahayana like humanistic Buddhist um, temples. So uh, it was always, I always just thought that was like funny. Like as a kid, you're like, okay, sure. But then you get a little older, you're like, so are we, who are we praying for exactly? Like, who are we dedicating this to? Is this like the bad guy? Like what, you know, what's happening? And then as, you know, the consciousness evolves and your understanding evolves, you realize, okay, these are the people who really need, you know as much as can be given to them because they really are you know cast out being judged and so forth so they need all the kindness and compassion they can get um so it was it, yeah it's 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 funny to watch my own like mental evolution with those types of things but yeah we would we would always dedicate to those in suffering just as a whole
0: and imagine that stillness if just 10% of the world population were to sit in stillness and connect. I wonder how that would just help the other people who are just insanely busy, harsh on themselves, can't still their mind, you know what I mean? If that somehow would bleed out into the conscious, global consciousness, and I'm sure it does, you know, I'm sure you could track this if we did some kind of data uh, program, it was like, you know, let's find out, let's do a global meditation and see how it tipped the accelerometer.
2: I think that coming into contact with a person who has some taste or experience of that stillness certainly makes an impact on me, you know? if And sometimes it'll catch me off guard, you know? It's like, oh my goodness, you are so here. And it's commanding, right? Because it invites you right there too. And maybe even offer some reflection of like, wow, maybe I could be a little more still
1: myself or maybe i can slow down or see this as an invitation. So i am particularly drawn to this uh as a healing modality and also something to study personally be- in large part because i grew up as a musician so i wanted to ask you about sound healing as a practice as a healing tool just everything all the sound healing things lay it on me. So my
2: husband and i both trained with Alexand Tanu, who is our teacher. Uh, The beautiful thing about Alexand is he also uh, gave the sound meditation at our wedding. Um, Our teacher who is a composer and ethnomusicologist is very strict with the word (laughs) that he uses for sound meditation is, is how he holds it. So he'll say, it's not a bath, we're not taking a bath, nobody's showering here. There's so
0: much of that out there. Like It's a sound bath, like go to a yes. sound bath, yeah.
2: Then we are not bathing here. And also, um, he's really kind of specific about unpacking the notion of healing in the process. So he'll say, I'm really hesitant to use this term sound healing because it might suggest that the sound is doing something to you that is healing you. Like I am doing some kind of magic thing to you and uh, and suddenly you're healed, right? And he says, and I love this that he takes the time to clarify this. You know, he'll like, say the healing is you. Like you are the empowered one in the situation. What I'm doing is offering you a modality that might support you in journeying inward being able to rest in a way that you might not ordinarily to be able to come into contact with your experience with your mind in a more intimate way but the sound is a tool and your healing is what's happening from within you that you have the the potential and power for that and so I just really appreciate that he gives it back to you because I think a lot of people will approach him and say, like, you're a shaman, you're all and he said, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's just saying, you're you're handing over to me something that is so valuable and important, and it's yours. And I really want you to know that.
0: It's that whole look within again, you know, it's all like, yeah. and and there's something super powerful about that. I was just hearing you're an instrument, you know, because when you're playing instruments, right? The sound is coming out. so it's like you're really the instrument. And the sound is somehow feedback looping to you probably, right? Like, in just confirming like everything to me, the symbols, archetypes, anything that we use to heal ourselves are just an extension from something within us that helps us focus back to that place, right? It's just a symbol. It's like, it doesn't have any power. You know, it's just reminding us like, That's the Christ consciousness inside of you. That means you can love unconditionally. Like this is the stillness. This is the vibration that you already have within you, a frequency inside of one of your chakras that's already ringing at this level. You just have to remind yourself that it's that vibration because you haven't heard it for a while among the honking and the yelling and the the babies and the things, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But Alexon is just so incredible in being able to – unpack sound in terms of mathematics, because at the end of the day, it like you're talking about frequencies, right? We're talking about geometry. We're talking about vibration, which are all real things. So it's yeah. not to discount also the power that sound has. It's incredible. I just think it's, it's great. As you mentioned that these are access points for people to really get to know a different way of approach, you know, of approaching meditation. My husband, for one, is not someone who will sit and practice the way that I do. But because he's musically inclined, he's really um sound does something for him. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it resonates. Being able to use his own voice, you know, and sort of vocalize Mm -hmm. that there's something really powerful in that in helping him
1: settle the mind.
2: And I have so much respect for that. Science yeah, there's
1: there's definitely for me, like, just music in general, and sound, of course, being a part of that is so powerful. I mean, you know, you see people move to emotions a lot of the time, and it's it's pulling things out, it's taking people to places that they don't necessarily expect without any words without necessarily any movement, if they're just listening to the audio and, you know, kind of in looping back the meditation too, in just some of the reading and, and things that I've learned along the way, um, OM has always been like, you know, it's very trendy now, but OM has always been part of that. And then when I was researching OM um, a couple years ago, it, it, I read that OM is the original sound And so that's how and why, you know, it helps people come back into themselves and their, you know, the origination point or, or, you know, and so I just, I think for me anyway, why sound and and sound meditation, as we'll call it now (laughs) and the healing that can come from that. um, You know, I think that's for me, the attraction.
0: Isn't it interesting that everything, so everything has sound i mean we're Mm -hmm. finding out in space in the void of space the orbits that our planets make that that round you know like a record player they can pick Mm. that up on a frequency and it has a frequency resonance you know that we Mm -hmm. can listen to and pick up now and like the winds have sound the rain has sound i mean sound is so part of existence um and the weird thing is that we're talking about meditation so for me i just got this idea of funny that you're talking about stillness as being healing and then also sound being as healing. So they're they're the antithesis of each other, right? But then you have music, which you wouldn't have music without the still parts. Cause then you'd have one big chord and then you'd hear nothing. <laughs> you just you know. Um and then so you, it's like you kinda you need the both of them. You need the stillness and the right frequencies, I guess, you know, or right or wrong is I don't like that word, but the <laughs> You know, you know what I'm saying, the vibration, you want the, the the vibrations. And I think that if the listeners out there, there's so many cool things on YouTube, you can listen to like the 528 hertz, or I play a lot of these different um, tones just in the house. And that does actually help me fall into a meditation. Sometimes just by having that in the morning, it helps me get really still, even though it is a sound, it is activity. Once again, mm-hmm. meditation can be several things. So I do want to see if it's possible for you to lead us through a meditation. Would you be open to that?
2: Yes, I'll do something very simple. So go ahead and get comfortable in your seats. Go ahead and let your hands just rest on your legs or in your lap, whatever feels most supportive for you. Feel free to close the eyes. And let's begin by just getting in touch with our breath. So we might do this a little more actively at the beginning. So we can take three deep breaths in through the nose and release them out through the mouth.
4: And then allow your breath to find its natural rhythm. Breathing in a way that feels natural, that feels easy.
2: And maybe just take a moment to notice what it felt like to take those deep breaths. What it feels like to bring your attention to the way your breath feels in your body. because this might be the first time today that we just pause and actually feel this breath in a very direct way. So we're not thinking about the breath, we're actually feeling it, we're tasting
4: it. What is this experience like to sit here in this seat and breathe?
2: that we also might find a kind of grounding in feeling the way that our body is nestled in this seat. So you might feel the way your sit bones press down into your chair. And maybe even the way that your chair holds you. know so often we might feel like we walk around with the weight of the world on our shoulders. But here it's like we're allowing our weight to be held by the world, to feel the chair beneath us, to feel the earth beneath us.
4: Can we rest for a moment? Maybe set our agenda to the side. And just allow ourselves to be. To let the mask come down. The walls drop.
2: And just give ourselves a little bit of time to come back to that home, that place of just simplicity,
4: where we don't need to prove anything, don't need to be anyone else, nowhere else to go or do or say. and just let ourselves be here. And feeling the breath is sort of like an anchor point, because the breath is always here, it's always happening. It's like this beautiful invitation, this beautiful calling, like, come back. I'm right here, I got you.
2: It's like this invitation to just keep showing up to the sense of aliveness, like I'm alive,
4: I'm alive. Isn't this amazing?
2: And if the thinking mind kicks up, if you become distracted by thoughts, no big deal. This is normal. Thoughts happen all the time. So we're not trying to stop them in any way. We're just allowing them. Allowing them to come. We just let them go. Because ordinarily, we're very caught up in our thoughts. So right now, we're just giving ourselves some space like we could just sit to the side and allow those thoughts to flow right on past us. Nothing to do
4: about them. And then when you feel ready, you can gently blink your eyes open. Maybe just check in with your body again, feeling your shoulders, your
2: breath. And just see if you can stay in touch even with your eyes open to that aliveness that we touched in on during the practice, that sense of this kind of simplicity, like I'm just here and I'm alive. I don't have to prove anything or do anything more, that this is
4: enough, that I am enough.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank
4: you,
0: Jackie. Can we just ask you before you go, like, what do you need or want from our listeners um, and where can they get involved? Like where can we, people find you, plug a website, you know, any products you're working on, you know?
2: Yeah. So my ask for the listeners would be um, to explore the practice of meditation. You know, if, Mm -hmm. even if it's doing sound or mantra or sitting with the breath, whatever it is, for five minutes a day, you know, just find some way to to settle the mind and do that kind of hygienic work, that inner work that I was talking about. Uh, because we will all benefit from it. Our world would be truly a different place if we all just took a little bit of time every day. So that would be my request. Um, and you can find all the information uh, and a way to get in touch with me if you feel so inclined on my website, which is dot
0: Jackie com. Don't walk, run. Run. (laughs) (laughs) Or rather, go Mindfully.
1: (laughs) Well, the one closing question that we want to ask everyone um, is one thing that you can share with our listeners and us um, that could build better communities that we can add to our community building toolkits.
2: Yeah. So my invitation to folks uh, would be to slow down to soften yourself and to say hi to each other as far as community building. Because I think we so easily just see other people as like other and we are not in touch in that very personal way. We forget that there's a whole human being right there with hopes and fears, just like me. So just say hi to each other.
0: That's such a beautiful tool. Wow. Thank you for leaving us with that another beautiful notch in our community toolkit to help us build better <laughs> communities and more loving communities. Cause that's what the show is all about guys. And Jackie, again, thank you for joining us. And you know, we're moving onwards and upwards together as a community. If you want to learn more, just go onto our discord group. You can have conversations and chats with other people and say hi to them and get involved in all these different uh, conversations we're having about energy narratives, innovation, consciousness, um, economy so yeah we're looking how to build better communities and that's what we're doing so thanks for joining us guys thank you jackie thank you rachel
2: thank you both for having me here with you for inviting me to have this conversation i had so much fun with both of you